You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host tonight, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, as always, is my co-host Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Good evening, the Grill. How are you tonight? Good evening, Kev. Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, we were just talking before we came on, and we both had quite a decent, decent week fantasy-wise. So it, it certainly helps during the Monday and Tuesday to get us through the week. You know, you've had a successful weekend. So, yeah, can't complain, really. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, you alluded to it then. I've had a pretty perfect fantasy weekend from a dynasty point of view, really. Um, the six leagues where I've, I'm in the hunt, uh, I won all those games. And the, the five leagues where I'm looking to lose, I lost. So I couldn't have asked for a better results weekend, really. Just uh, hope it continues. <laughs> Uh, going into the the, the playoffs, um, yep. but yeah, we're, it's just us two tonight. There's no Matt. Um, Matt's actually doing pretty well in the Warrior Bowl. He's moved up to number one. Um, so yeah, we know that when he when he goes on these runs and he, he he has a good weekend, he does tend to get naked and go running around Sheffield. <laughs> so um, if you see him out there, just say hello from us. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a search. Yeah, we were thinking about rinsing him, but yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. We'll uh, we'll let him off this once. We're feeling in a good positive mood, aren't we? So uh, we are. So, yeah, this is where this is where all our viewers turn off now because they're not got the words <laughs> of wisdom from Matt. <laughs> They've got to deal with us too. <laughs> They've not got the the face of uh, well, the face and voice of the Doncaster baby of the year nineteen ninety one. Have they? So it's. They got a part with us ugly faces, <laughs> ugly faces, ugly voices, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, on today's show we'll be recapping week thirteen of the NFL season, and um, what we'll be doing is highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action, analysing it from a dynasty perspective. Uh, I say the first guy we're going to talk about tonight—it can't be anybody else. We're going to lead off with you, Ali, and it's someone that gets you pretty, uh, pretty excited. Yeah, it does really. Um, I have referred to him have given me as a bit bit of a semi on in previous shows. And <laughs> Kev, you know how excited I get when we mention this guy. It's Javante Williams, um, a man that we've we've brought up quite frequently on our show the last few weeks, and someone that's just flying up dynasty rankings. Um, I tweeted out yesterday two polls on Twitter, just simple question: Who would you rather in dynasty? Uh, running back polls. First one, Javante Williams or Najee Harris. And the second one is Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift. Just to get a gauge of where the community's at on Javante now after his massive week. Um, Javante's leading Najee Harris in the poll. And in the mm -hmm. second one, he's not many votes behind DeAndre Swift, which is wow. quite remarkable, really. Um, I personally think it's just a little bit too high and possibly a bit of a over overreaction to, to Sunday. But I have to say it was great to see him finally get that lead back role. We've been calling for it all season and he yeah. certainly grasped it with both hands. Resulted in snap percentage of 78%, uh, 29 total touches, 178 yards from scrimmage. Uh, was really fantastic. Mm. 102 yards on the ground, 4.43 yards per carry, which was actually a bit lower than this season average because he had been dominating on the ground. Um, but it was, it was that pass work that got me rather excited though. 
Uh, nine targets, six receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, only previously had one game over four targets. So it just it just showed his all-round game, his three-down ability. Um, we knew that he could he could catch the ball coming out of college, his final year, 25 receptions for three touchdowns. We just didn't quite see it quite enough with that and other annoying running back, Michael Carter, sharing the role. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> all in all, um, I just think people have blown their beans over Javante this week. Um, they're thinking that this is the future. Melvin Gordon's 100% going to be departing. Um, and although I do I do think that is going to be the case, I think there is a chance that they re-sign him. Um, I think they're just a quarterback away from really competing in the AFC. They've got pretty much a complete roster. Um, apart from that quarterback position. Do they now try and get Gordon back on a cheap deal if they go all in with someone like Aaron Rodgers? Then possibly. Mm. Um, I think almost most likely that he does leave, but then even in that case, I think they're going to replace him. Um, so I don't think we get the Javante Williams next season that we had in this game. Um, but I do th- certainly think he's capable of getting into that that top tier of dynasty running backs now, now that we've seen it happen. Um, so if I do own him, I'm obviously holding him right now in dynasty. I think it's impossible to buy him right now. I think we've been saying that for a few weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> now it really is. Um, I do I do still think there'll be people overpaying for him right now. Um, so two first obviously doesn't get it done. I think I offered two first and two seconds to someone a few weeks ago and got rejected. Um, but if I was... Wow. If I was holding Javante Williams and someone offered me three first, I would possibly do it. I think there's a point, it reaches a point where you just have to take the value. Um, and then just finally, if just thinking about in this next week, uh, if, if Melvin Gordon misses another week, then the Broncos have got the Lions at home next week. So Javante Williams <laughs> is just going to have another smash week and his, his value is just going to continue to soar. So my question to you, Kev, is we had Javante up as our consensus rb8 in our rankings that dropped just over a month ago do you think that he's going to move up in your rankings further to head out the season i mean we had to start the show with javante didn't we it's been borderline unbearable hype on twitter i've seen (laughs) his uh, name get muted as well on twitter um it's funny you you said three first it it's probably you trade him it's still not even a certainty at that so um i mean the hype's been unreally delivered, 28.8 fantasy points, running back one on the week. Uh, the hype train shots continue is currently running back four on keep trade cut rankings. Uh, personally, I think it's borderline crazy. Is that I on one start? Uh, and people compare it to Jonathan Taylor last year, but this time last year, Jonathan Taylor was going as running back 13 in startups. So he's actually buying him with room to grow with that value. Whereas this year, you're buying Williams at running back four, and that's that's at his ceiling for me. I think the only way it's going to go is is down, if if not level. So, um, going back to us three, fantasy wildcard, we had our, him all ranked at number eight in Javante. Um, now, I don't actually mind Javante over Najee, who's my number seven at the moment, but I think the Swift one's a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then just thinking back to last year, I think Williams's value should be similar to um sort of cam Akers, who flashed a little bit towards the end of the season he was going in that running back seven eight range i think running back four it's it's going above guys like cook and camaro which i do think is close but i mean if you're looking at the group of williams cook camara i'd probably just take the cheapest in startups next year because they're all pretty close 
Um, obviously, we've got two rookies in the top four ranks uh, on keep trade cut. Uh, ETM was higher than both of these guys in my rankings. Um, so with the hype over young running backs, should we be taking them even earlier in rookie drafts in the hope that you're going to hit and there's a huge value spike? Or if you want to keep him, you've got a cornerstone asset to build around. Yeah, I think it's a really important, uh, really extremely interesting question and, and a valid point. I think that we always view dynasties firstly wanting to win but like stocks and shares i want to buy low and sell high and the runner back position especially this year is the biggest spikes in in value lately you think to jonathan taylor and javante williams the massive spike they've got in if you if you took them in draft the the value that you got was was amazing you're really happy with it um if you have jay if you have jonathan taylor you can certainly build around him for years to come or you can sell him for a haul and then rebuild that way. You can you can go either way, really. Um, I think taking a wide receiver early, you don't get that big value spike. Obviously, Vigla Jamar Chase is a bit of an outlier in that. Um, if you sold him mid-season, you've probably got a massive haul for him. Um, and then I, I just think back, uh, what, what's back up this point, sorry, is the fact that the rookie quarterbacks this season, they were obviously taken really high in, in rookie drafts, and they've just not not hit like they have done in previous seasons. Um, they've all sort of struggled. People are mostly impressed with Mac Jones and he's he yeah. was sort of taken at the, the back of the first round. So a lot of people might be feeling that they're disappointed with drafting, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the likes of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I know it's dynasty, so you've got people yeah. the long term, but short term, um, the last few years, you've always got production out of them early early rookie draft bit, uh, quarterbacks. Um, so you might feel a bit disappointed and, and yeah, it might change a lot of people's opinions. And I'm just thinking about your rookie strategy for, for the upcoming draft care of the 2022 draft. Obviously the next draft is going to be fascinating with some really top running backs and wide receivers and weaker on paper quarterback class. So how are you approaching the, the 2022 rookie picks, especially if you've got an early one, are you looking to still go quarterback in a, in a super flex league or are you going to, are you now leaning running back? I think it's really interesting. Um, obviously in your rookie draft, you tend to find that QBs are valued as high as, high as possible really. And then it's usually running backs after that. You do tend to find wide receiver slip, but occasionally you can get a, a Herbert leaking into the late first, early second. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I am going to try and prioritize running backs more in general. Um, just because I do think quarterback is a little bit overvalued in, in Superflex, in, in Dynasty Leagues that I, I'm in at least. Um, I'm just thinking about a team I've got that won a ship last year. It's 13-0 this season, humble brag. Um, <laughs> it, the quarterbacks on that team, and it's a six-point passing league, they're pretty atrocious, to be honest. Last year it was Rivers, uh, Cam, and Drew Brees. And this year it's... Wow. It's a there is Jalen Hurts in it this year, but I've been filling in with guys like uh, Heineke, Roethlisberger, um, a bit of taste mill. So to be honest, that team's thirteen and zero, and it's it's not because of the quarterbacks. It's it's partly due mm -hmm. to luck. <laughs> it's probably a nine and four team really, but um, I do think quarterbacks are, are way overvalued in in uh, in superflex leagues. I think the top ones you do need to value high because they're consistently amazing for five, 10 years. But I think sort of the guys on that fringe uh, uh, QB one a bit later, it can be a little bit risky. So I'll be prioritizing running back without thinking about the class at all next year. Um, 
But yeah, I think if you're looking for quarterback and you've got like the 102, 103, even the 101, you might be better off going for a veteran in my eyes. What do you what do you reckon about that? Yeah, honestly, just lately, I think people are going a bit over the top, getting a bit excited with the likes of Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams coming out. It's just been, we've been blessed with them running backs the last two or three seasons. And I think, I think you're almost paying as much or if not more for those sort of guys than you are to trade for a quarterback right now. So it's, it's honestly, I'm definitely reevaluating my draft strategy headed into the rookie draft because I've always been someone that prioritized the quarterback. You know, I've always yeah. wanted three startable quarterbacks, but this season, especially you've been able to stream Heineke and, and Taysom Hill and Cam Newton, you know, people that you can hold on your roster that don't cost you anything and you get away with streaming them. And if you add, if you add that to really good running backs, and you've got a really good team and a chance to win championships. So, um, as you mentioned, you've managed to win a championship and go unbeaten with with some, you know, scratch quarterbacks that <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't dream of owning or paying up for. So, it's it's going to be interesting, especially as we head into to rookies, you know, the rookie season. And um, but yeah, certainly going to be reevaluating my my strategy. Indeed. So we'll we'll go from one running back to another one now. I'm going to highlight a guy <laughs> um, played on Thursday Night Football. Um, in back Taysom Hill. Um, I had to mention Taysom Hill. Ali's a Bucks fan, and uh, he <laughs> absolutely despises the Saints. So I had to talk about that <laughs> Saints player. Um, I think Taysom Hill's a polarizing guy. He's had plenty of hate on Twitter. He's a guy that gets a lot of mentions. Um, Thursday night football, real life, it wasn't great for him. Four interceptions, less than 50% completion, but still he had 20.6 fantasy points. QB six on the week. But sort of stepping back a little bit, looking at his career, he is a 65% pass completion and 7.5 yards per attempt, which are both considerably better than Hall of Famer Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> I think it's a small sample to be writing off Taysom, but... Um, look at it, he's had five starts, a three and two record, but also in those five starts, 20.38 fantasy points a game, which if you extrapolate that for this year, it's QB8. Um, last week, I did mention on the final thoughts that I thought Taysom Hill could be a league winner, but the finger injury he's got, it, it could hamper him this season. He could end up um, in a wide range of outcomes. It could be uh, the starting QB, he could end up sitting and missing time with the injury. It could be a hybrid player that Simeon plays a little bit more and Hill mixes in, in uh, running back at wide receiver at QB, etc. Plus, they just lost Deontay Harris to a three-game suspension. So, it might not have been as rosy as I thought, but it's still, I still think it can be a really big impact to teams that have held him through uh, being on the bench for so long. Also, he got an interesting new deal, four years, and it's rumoured to be any between anywhere uh, 40 to 80 million. Uh, he's definitely going to be on the roster next season, though, but there is an out as early as 2023. Now, we know the Saints are always up against the cap. Um, they've got QBs like Jameis and Simeon on the roster, so there's not a ton of competition for Hill Plus Winston's out of contract. And they're projected to pick 11 in next year's draft, so they are in range to draft a QB if they wish, but this team's not a powerhouse of the past, which you'll love to hear that. Um, and also, Sean Payton, he comes across as an ego guy. He probably thinks that he can play anyone at QB and smash it. And it sounds a little bit like his brother Kyle, in San Francisco, with that respect. So, I just want to know, in your eyes, do you think Taysom Mill is going to be the starting uh, QB for the Saints next season, week one? And is this someone you're interested in acquiring? 
Yeah, you're right. I do really hate the Saints. So when <laughs> when I saw this on the show sheet, I was like, oh, for God's sake. But yeah, I'm, just firstly, we'll just point out, not talk about fantasy. I'm just absolutely enjoying life when they're bottom of the NFC South right now. <laughs> I've taken <laughs> screenshots. I'm ready to send it to Saints fans who hit me up. But yeah, um, you've certainly brought up a <laughs> an interesting guy in Dynasty. He was almost a running back last week. I think that's honestly how he's going to get through the next few weeks. Um, but just how does he keep getting these new deals? It's just bizarre. And I honestly, there's there's something weird going on between him and Sean Payton. There just has to be. Uh, but I, I do think that we... Yeah, it's got to be something along them lines. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think we see taste and rest of the season. Obviously, it's down to that injury. Um, I do think that they want to see exactly what they've got. I know he's had them five starts and he's been, he's been fairly decent. Uh, and I do think there's a chance that he's the quarterback next season. Um, and a big part of that thinking is it's just the big changes that the Saints are going to have to see moving forward. They're currently 60 million over the projected cap space, even wow. though it's gone up to 2022. It's uh, by far the by far the worst situation in the NFL. Uh, I think they're 30 million further adrift than the next closest. And we just also saw how well Jameis Winston played before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, he wasn't the turnover machine. He wasn't the Bucks. He was he was winning games. Uh, so will they try and bring him back on a cheap deal? I think that's quite possible. So I think honestly, it's about 50-50 that Taysom's to start next season. While they certainly got to restructure the roster. Could be a clear out. You never know. Uh, so can't rule out Jameis or another quarterback coming on a cheap deal. Possibly Gardner Minshew. Who knows? <laughs> so <laughs> my question to you, Kev, is if you were trying to go out and try acquire Taysom Hill, how much would you be willing to pay for him right now? I mean, just looking at what he's going for um, on keep trade cut, it's, it's like a late second and early third. Mm -hmm. Now, I actually don't mind spending a late second on a QB that's potentially going to be a starter next season. I did it a couple of weeks ago with Cam Newton, which that blew up in my face pretty quick. But um, you, you made a great point a couple of shows back about late seconds. If we look at last year's class, guys like, uh, well, Amon Ra St. Brown, Kadarius Tony, guys that are flash, but if you're getting a QB that's a starter, for a late second, I think it's well worth the risk. Um, I think on a contending team, let's say you've got two QBs and your third QB is Ben Roethlisberger, who's rumoured to not be around next season. I think shooting a late second for a guy like Cam Newton, like Taysom Hill, mm -hmm. it's not a bad strategy, to be honest. I think the more darts you put at QB, the better. Um, I think you can get by by just throwing darts and having a bench full of potential QBs than sort of blowing your load on a, a Ryan Tannehill or something like that. Just someone that's all right. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'd be happy paying a late second for him. But what the fans want to know is, are you happy paying a late second for him as a Bucks fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bit like Logan Thomas with Matt. Just don't want to own him. Get him <laughs> off my roster. No, I'm in total agreement with, with a late second. Um, possibly mid second. I wouldn't. I won't go for an early second. But it, it's just I like I like to roster some quarterbacks on on my dynasty teams. Like I've got one team that's got Andy Dalton. I've managed to use him a couple of times. Drew Locke. They're sort of the ones that don't cost anything. That just sit there, but they can see value spikes if if the starter goes down and they come in have a good game. You can try and flip them for a second, a third, and you you get a little bit of value back. So 
I don't think there's much risk in throwing a second, a late second at Taysom right now, especially if you're a contender. You never know, you might get an injury. He could come in and be, be a league winner for you. So anything past the late uh, mid-second, I don't think is really any risk for me. Yeah, you mentioned league winners there. This next guy we're going to discuss, if he keeps up the form he did at the weekend, league winner uh, fits really well. This guy, so who are you going to talk about now, Ali? It is, yeah. So gone from a team that I hate to a player that I absolutely love to watch. It's <laughs> George Kittle for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, it's been an up and down season for George Kittle, and it's certainly been an up and down season for the 49ers. Outside of Debo and Elijah Mitchell, it's been really sketchy for fantasy for this team. Carl Shanahan, rightly or wrongly, has kept kept his game manager, Jimmy G, in at quarterback rather than going for the ultra-talented Trey Lance. Um, and it's, it's only really benefited Debo Samuel in the passing game. Uh, he's obviously been fantastic for, for fantasy. Uh, yeah. But it's been a, a strange season for Brandon Ayuk, um, especially, but also for Kittle as well. Um, although Kittle's missed three games to injury, and it's his 11th game that he's missed over the past two seasons. Uh, but after this week's massive game, obviously, he's he's up to tight end six in PPR, and he's the tight end three if you play in standard leagues, which I thought was crazy considering how much time yeah. that he's missed. Um, this this get, this week is obviously a massive week for tight end. 12 targets, nine receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, how many tight ends can can have that stat line after after the game is not many it's obviously a monster week it it helped massively with with Debo missing the game but he stepped up uh, and and single-handedly won people their their matchups this week especially if you're playing tight end premium like Matt does um, <laughs> at, every league <laughs> and and Kittle's got that in his arsenal that's something that other tight ends just don't have he's, he's not one of them tight ends just touchdown dependent and there's really only a handful of tight ends that can say that. And and since week nine, George Kittle is he's been absolutely flying. It's the tight end one overall. He's 23 points clear of the next guy, and he's averaging 18.3 PPR points per game. So he's he's really dominating. And he, as you mentioned, he could become a league winner this season if you if you manage to ride out his shaky start, if you had another tight end that you could put in there um for his, his games that he missed. Um, or if you manage to trade for him while his value was low, then that's obviously been a good move. Then yep. obviously for Dynasty, we've just got to look longer term. He's still early into his massive contract extension. So he's got tremendous job security. Then we just have to look at the quarterback play. And I don't think that Jimmy G's the future in, in San Francisco. I think Trey, I think Trey Lance is. I thought he was going to be this year, but never mind. So what can we expect looking at Trey Lance in the future? Well, in, in that single game that Lance started, unfortunately, Kit was out of injury, so we didn't get to see the chemistry. And I certainly would expect even pains between Lance and, and Kittle, especially from, from Lance, who's raw. He's a Russian quarterback. Um, so I'd expect a drop in production maybe with that first season with with Trey Lance. But I do think ultimately that his his ceiling is higher than it is with Jimmy G. So long term, I'm excited for, for the link up between these two. So my question to you, Kev, is, is do you think the eventual quarterback change will be good for Kittle's dynasty value? And secondly, I've got a trade scenario. If if you're the kit <laughs> if you're the Kittle owner and you're say projected in the playoffs, but only just, so you're not not massively contending, you're not all in, and you receive a trade offer of Pat Frymouth plus a 2022 late first or late projected first, are you taking that trade or not? I mean, first of all, I think Kittle is is someone that 
you kind of forget about him, then he surprised you with these um, these out of the world performances. He's like an astronaut in that sense. But um, <laughs> like, like I've got him ranked six in my rankings, and to be honest, I need to change that. I need to put him above guys like Ockenson because I've not seen Ockenson have one of them weeks where he just takes over and wins you a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I forgot about Kittle. I need to move him back up. Um, <laughs> Weeks like this just they do stand out for you. They it is maybe vividness bias, but when they do go off and they help you win a week and potentially clinch you a playoff spot, then it, you do get a little bit excited, don't you? Especially mm-hmm. we guys, uh, like my obviously Devonte is getting that treatment at the moment. But to come back to your question, I think, yeah, growing pains with Lance, he's 50% passer uh, in the NFL. Obviously, it's a really small sample. Um, and it, it, you, you alluded to it perfectly that the move to Lance will mean that the 49ers become run heavy. In his only start, those 29 passes, 28 rushes. Um, you look at guys like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, early on in their career, it was a run-based scheme or plenty of rushing, way more than the passing. Um, I actually prefer Kittle short-term with Jimmy G in a win-now mode, which is absolutely gross. Um, sorry, Tom. Um, but yeah, I think market-wise, um, if Lance becomes a starter, when he becomes a starter, you're going to see Kittle's value go up. I think people will be excited. It'll go up like an astronaut, second reference on that. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to be lower in that case uh, when the move does happen. That I, I need to value him higher now, but when the move happens, I'm happy to move off him then. I'm happy to pivot to a guy like a Mark Andrews or maybe even a Kelsey if he does jump up that high. Um, I know some people have got Kelsey tight end two, and they're desperate to move, move him down with that age. So, uh, to the trade question, I, I think it sounds like you're asking for personal advice. So I'll have to, I'll have to charge you <laughs> for this one. But I do think that offer is fair. I think if you're a big contender, you want to keep Kittle in my eyes. I think playoff team that's got maybe a slimmer chance. I'm happy to take that value. It might not actually be long until Postman Pat is playing at the same level as. As Kittle, so uh, yeah, I think if you if you're not nailed on for a ship, take the value. If you think you've got a really good chance, keep uh, keep Kittle. But just throwing it back to you, I know in our latest rankings, you had Kittle four uh, with the move to Lance in 2022. Would he end up jumping any of the guys that you had above him, Pitts, Kelsey, or Waller? Uh, no, I don't think he. I don't think he can. Um, I mean, he's been in that tier before, uh, but. It's obviously the, the that rushing ability of Lance just makes it a little bit nervous. Um, but we've we've seen with with Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews is his number one target. Um, so it'd be interesting to see the chemistry between Trey Lance and and Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, he's got more weapons than Lamar's got in in Baltimore. So I, d- I don't think he would jump into that tier. He'd be he would be in that tier, but I don't think he would jump any of those three three in my rankings. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I, I put a tweet out the other day with uh, Carl Pitts. I said, is he the dynasty what, tight end one? Um, I think this Regency bias because it was clinically, it was a big no, um, the no one. Uh, whereas I think he is the dynasty one in my eyes. I think he was our consensus dynasty tight end one, wasn't he? Carl Pitts. Um, I think me and Matt yeah. had Kelsey one and Pitts two. I think he was oh, okay. two, but still... Yeah. I've seen plenty of smart folk with him as tight and one, including yourself, Alan. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's answered your question. I think, 
I think Kittle's in that group of four. I don't know whether you've got Mark Andrews in there as well. Um, but he's I don't think he would jump above them. But I'd love to see the chemistry between these two because they're both there long term. Um, so I'd love to see them grow together and form some sort of partnership. Indeed. And we'll move on to the next guy now. I'm actually surprised that I was able to pick this guy. Uh, Ali made his three selections and I made the, the second three selections. Um, quite humbling to lead off on Chris Godwin, um, the, the books player. Obviously, Ali's a books fan. He just shows how impressive plenty of the guys have been this week that the picks that Ali's made, the fantastic. Um, and he left me to, to lead off on Godwin, who was impressive himself. 30.2 fancy points, wide receiver three on the week. Yeah, 15 catches, 143 yards, and that's on a whopping 17 targets. And he's, he's now up to wide receiver six on the season, which is close to his 2019 wide receiver two finish. He's been absolutely killing it in fantasy in that Larry Fitzgerald slot roll in the Bruce Arians offense. And it's great that Tampa Bay have got that amazing pass usage as well, number one in volume. And he's also making the most of the slot coverage that he's receiving. He's wide receiver three in yards after catch and wide receiver two in red zone usage. So basically it's high volume and he's getting targets in the right area of the pitch. In my eyes, Yara's firmly pointing up in dynasty. He's clearly benefiting from the Antonio Brown brain fart where he's suspended now until week 16 after breaking COVID protocols. I do actually think the return would be bad news for Godwin Evans and Rob Gronkowski. Um, I'm unsure if AB will actually return. I think it'll be up to the head coach of the Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, to decide that one. Um, <laughs> and I just think as well, it's there is that uncertainty of AB. There's also uncertainty over Godwin's future. The fact that he's uh, an unrestricted free agent after the season is currently playing on the franchise tag. I know that you think he will be re-signed and they'll do what they can to keep the band together. Uh, but I just always wonder as well, if he did move and it was a clear alpha somewhere else, could he even have a ceiling of wide receiver winning dynasty? So I just want to get your thoughts on uh, yourself being an unbiased Bucks fan uh, from a dynasty perspective. <laughs> do you want Godwin to stay in Tampa? And where are you ranking him in your dynasty rankings right now? Yeah, I promise I'll try and be as unbiased as humanly possible for this answer. <laughs> I can't promise anything. Um, but just as a Bucks fan and not always a fantasy fan, he, he, he is the got he's the glue that holds this Bucks offense together. It's it's easy to see when he's not there, the offense struggles. When he is there, the offense flourishes. So he just seen is it he's included in a lot of short contested passes, as you mentioned, the Larry Fitzgerald role and he, he, for not many yards quite often he often gets himself a bit banged up. Um, he doesn't quite get the credit or the headlines he deserves. So I was absolutely delighted for him when he smashed it this week. The 15 yeah. catches is the most by any wide receiver this season, I believe. So it's an unbelievable week. He he absolutely loves playing Atlanta. He always goes off against Atlanta. And as you mentioned, wide receiver six on the season, a bit under the radar. Uh, this this season's MVP, Tom Brady, is peppering, <laughs> in, with, <laughs> peppering in with targets. Um, so... I obviously have to say that I want Godwin to stay, and I do think that that does happen. And there's been quite a bit of talk about it. I, I just cannot see him leaving unless, unless he's just demanding too much money. He wants wide receiver one money. I mean, he's going to get it regardless. But if he wants a massive payday, I'm sure there's going to be a team that will pay him that, especially with the cap going up. But it's going to be an interesting one. Paying two wide receivers big money just isn't that common in the NFL. So I, ultimately, I do think he stays. I think it's more likely that. 
AB, he departs in free agency that they let him go last year and he he came back to the Bucks at the end of the, the offseason. Uh, as you mentioned, just another act of stupidity. Although the fact he was already out two to three weeks of it with an injury doesn't doesn't hurt the Bucks, but it does probably make them rethink about possibly re-signing him again in the offseason. Uh, so in terms of dynasty ranks, I was actually the lowest on Godwin out of the previous, which I find quite funny. That's ace. Wide receiver 13. Um, he's still around that spot for me, although he's I've moved him up one spot above Calvin Ridley to wide receiver 12. Um, but there's certainly room to move him up. If he if he does get a move away, I'm going to cry about it, but I will move him up if he, if he lands in a good spot. So a question back to you, Kev, is, Obviously, not a fan of the Buccaneers with an unbi- actual unbiased opinion. <laughs> Do you want to see Godwin stay or or move on for his dynasty value? It's funny how you pitched that question. It, it sounded like I absolutely hate the books, but I, I know <laughs> I know what you mean. You're saying with me not supporting the books, which which is fine. I, I think my answer to this has actually changed um, in the off season. I, I wanted him to go. Uh, even last season, I wanted him to go. I thought somewhere like the Colts, where he'd be in my eyes, a clear alpha would have been ideal. Um, but actually, I want him to stay now. I think yes. he's been he's been so good in that system. Bearing in mind he was wide receiver two with Winston. He's now wide receiver six with Brady. I mean, I'm not going to call him QB proof because uh, they're both pretty good <laughs> fantasy QBs for, for various reasons. But in fact, he's done it with two different QBs. He's kept that same role, which we know he's fantastic for for fantasy i want him to stay and and like you said getting rid of ab would be ideal in my eyes um i think i think top 10 it it should be round about there so even though you're 13 i think i might have been 12 11 matt the Mm. same it's it's all very similar it's all the same tier um, so don't be getting too hung up on your on your rankings on that one. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> God! <laughs> the, the books will forgive you. Don't worry about that one. <laughs> but yeah, we'll um, we'll keep it at wide receiver. And actually, it's a guy that is valued pretty similar to Godwin that you're going to discuss right now. It is. I'm talking about Mister Dependable 2021, and that's Deontay Johnson of the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm loving this show. Honestly, every one of these guys are. I love, obviously, apart from Taysom Hill. Um, I, I'm really enjoying this show. <laughs> but, but yeah, Deontay Johnson, he's Mr. Dependable. He'll never let you down. He's, he's been the safest wide receiver in, in fantasy this season. So if you own him, you're, you're happy to start him every single week and he's producing. Um, it's just funny because of all the drama around his drops last season. I don't think he's had one this year. Or he's had very little. Um, he's been fantastic. But just, just listen to his stats this season. He's... This is his yards recorded in each game. Week one was 36, so got off to a slow start. Then he's had games of 105 yards, 92, 72, 71, 98, 56, 81, 101, 95, and 105, which wow. is just it's fantastic. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's impressive, especially with Big Ben, the crop quarterback. He's just been dependable week in, week out. This week he caught two touchdown passes as well for a wide receiver two finish on the week. And he's... He's now the wide receiver seven on the season, which, which is crazy. I think it's gone under the radar. Um, I, or I actually think that he can finish even higher too. He's got a fantastic schedule coming up. The next three games: the Vikings, the Titans, and the Chiefs. So they're going to be nice. hopefully high-scoring games. Yeah, beatable defenses. 
he's been the go-to guy of the the seemingly departing quarterback big ben um and i've always been a big advocate of jontes too he's my second most owned wide receiver 31.25 percent ownership um and we've certainly argued a lot over the off season that it was Deontay over Claypool. Um, even when a lot of people were on the Claypool side after his really impressive rookie year. Um, obviously, Claypool's had his health issues this year, but he's still only managed 11.6 points per game when he's been on the field. And Deontay Johnson's at 18.6, and he looks to be getting stronger each week. Uh, just look at his targets since week six. So consistent, 13, 13, 6, 13, 13, 14, and 11, which is which is great. And he's so safe as a wide receiver one. He's the fourth in total targets at the wide receiver position with 120. Um, and at the start of the season, his ADP was wide receiver 23 in startups. Um, so I'm, most certainly that's got to come down in startups next season. And it'd be interesting just to see just how low it does end up. Um, I think obviously the quarterback situation determines much of that. Um, if it's true that Big Ben is retiring, then just who takes over? <laughs> The, the Steelers, they're in the playoff mix, unbelievably. So drafting a, drafting a quarterback seems unlikely. Uh, we all thought, we all like the thought of Jameis Winston turning up there. But someone like him or maybe Ty, Taylor Heineke. Um, and then just, okay. just think of Deontay Johnson's value with someone like Aaron Rodgers showed up at the Steelers. It's going to go through the roof. Um, the new Devontae Adams, it'd be wow. crazy. Um, yeah, so... And I was, with that, I was just wondering what his actual dynasty value right now is. So what do you think his value is in dynasty now? Is And is he someone to build around or, or would you be looking to flip him in the offseason after his really impressive year this year? I mean, Devontae Johnson, that's just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit lost for words, to be honest, at that. Um, but yeah, huge fan of Deontay. He's my third most on wide receiver. Uh, actually, going to give a shout out to Dynasty Island who was on our show last year. He made yep. Deontay Johnson his wildcard pick for the player that's going to improve the value the most uh, throughout this season. And to be honest, yeah, he has made a big leap from sort of that wide receiver 20 range to borderline top 10, which is 10 spots. But if you think about actual real life and well, fantasy value, it's quite a significant bump. He's probably put at least a first rounder onto his. Um, previous price, which um, is amazing. So, uh, well done, Rich. Um, Deontay Johnson has been usually impressive this year and, and last season as well. 10 plus points in every full game since week eight last season. Um, wow. Last 20 games, he's failed to hit 10 targets only four times. So, 75% <laughs> of the time is, well, let's think. 80% of the time, <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's crushing it with the, the targets. Uh, wide receiver seven on the year, like you said, and that's the same in points per game. Uh, my wide receiver 13 in Dynasty, honestly, I want him higher. Um, I've got no issue with him as a low-end Dynasty wide receiver one, top 10 borderline as well. Um, speaking about flipping him potentially, I'm actually happy to build around Deontay. I think he's hugely talented. He's done it with Big Ben. He had that filthy route on that game-winning touchdown this week. Uh, the caveat is, if I did get an offer inside that top 10, I would I would look to move him. I think there is some concerns. A murky situation in 2022. It could be Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Askins that's QB. Um, I do think that Deontay is QB-proof. Obviously, Big Ben's not quality anymore. But, yeah, I'm happy to move off any wide receiver at value, to be honest. So, 
Um, you mentioned about flipping Deontay potentially. What sort of deal would you look to accept to move off him? Yeah, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said any any top ten wide receiver you'd move off him for. I love Deontay Johnson. Um, I wouldn't like to sell him, but if I did, I'd look to targets one of the underperforming wide receivers this season. So someone like DeAndre Hopkins, obviously he's had the injury. AJ Brown, he's had the injury, and Calvin Ridley's had his off the field problems. Any of those guys, I'd be happy to to pay up for. I think Deontay's a lot closer to these guys in value now, so I think there is you can say to take advantage of that situation and and flipping for one of those guys. I'd I'd be happy to happy to do that. We just I know you mentioned about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in uh, in Pittsburgh. If if Rogers did end up in Pittsburgh, where would Deontay Johnson be in your rankings? Would he go as high as Devontae Adams now? The only, obviously, the only difference in that situation is uh, Chase Claypool's obviously there, still on his rookie deal. Yeah. Devontae Adams has just got no competition for targets on that team, but it's going to be. I've reckoned Deontay Johnson off the back of the season would be a top eight. Dynasty wide receiver. Um, I'd feel difficult to put push him any higher than that, but he's going to be in that mix. Um, a lot of people are still on Chase Claypool, quite rightly so. He's fantastic. That I mean, where would he where would he go in Dynasty next year? He's obviously had a difficult difficult season, but I mean, they'd both have a massive rise, wouldn't they? In, yeah, they would. In value. They would. I think Claypool's an interesting one. He's he's been a little bit like Brandon Ayuk in the sense that. He had a bit of a strange off-season, did Claypool? He was moaning after the loss in the playoffs about the Brown to the Browns. He made himself look a bit daft with that. And then he was caught in a bar fight. A video emerged of that. And then he's had the injury. Right. So there's lots that's gone against Claypool. Maybe there is some red flags there, but maybe it's a great time to buy him as well. Imagine that. Just Aaron Rodgers, those two guys. Absolutely. Imagine Harris. <laughs> what? What an offense. Postman Pat. <laughs> Postman Pat, what an offense that is. Yeah, it's just unreal, unreal. We need that to happen, I think, um, yeah. especially for my Deontay shares. Uh, so, yeah, um, we're going to we're gonna switch off Deontay and go for a guy that's a little bit more under the radar now. Um, and Jefferson, I'm going to speak about. He's easy. He's getting to go under the radar, playing on the rounds with the wide receiver one overall, Coop Cup, and... OBJ who gets plenty of buzz, um, maybe rightly or wrongly. Uh, Van Jefferson, he was against out for me versus the Jags. Uh, second on the team in targets with eight, OBJ had five. And it's a second week run, he's had a touchdown, which now puts him on five for the year. Now, Van Jefferson, he has flashed a big play, but actually digging into him deep, that I've found out that he's had at least six targets in eight out of 12 games, and also he's been playing... Really high percentage of the snaps of the Rams as their wide receiver three, wide receiver 18 on routes ran, uh, wide receiver 23 in A yards, and wide receiver 14 in red zone targets. So basically, he's wow. used deep, he's used often, and he's getting touchdown opportunities. Uh, and he's made the sophomore leap as a 25 year old, <laughs> which is a couple of years younger than Najee Harris. Uh, but wide receiver 35 on the season, I actually think there's room to grow. Even now and into 2022, we've got OBJ as a free agent. There's an out on Bobby Woods' deal to um, to release him. 
and we've seen that the Rams are terrible drafters. They've got no picks in 2022 until the fifth round. Uh, ben Scour and Ek and Tutuatwell, they're not a threat to Van Jefferson. Uh, I think it's unlikely they have people in free agency as well. So I don't think Van's an elite prospect, but he's in a great spot. He's in a great situation. Solid offence. Matt Stafford's a good fit for his skill set. And it's a promising future for the former second rounder in Van Jefferson. So just want to get your take. What's his long-term dynasty ceiling in your eyes? And what are you paying for Van right now? Yeah, Van the man. I'm certainly a big fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, wide receiver 10 over the past two games in his elevated role without Bobby Trees. Uh, clearly a valuable player right now in fantasy down the stretch. Um, I'm, st I'm quite happy because I stashed him on my Scott Fishbowl team. There was numerous times where I was thinking about dropping him, but I'm glad glad I didn't. So he's he's, he's been startable for me the last couple of weeks. And he's, I think he's still under the radar in, in the community, where he's, um, they still have Van Van Jefferson as, as possibly the wide receiver three behind OBJ now on this team. They think OBJ is the automatic wide receiver two on this team. I don't think that's the case. Uh, Van Jefferson's still out, out snapping him. He's out targeting him. So for me, he's still the wide receiver two on this team. Steps into Robert Wood's role, maybe not wholly, but he's taken on a lot of that. Um, and then long-term, I do think... I do think that he he returns to that wide receiver three role next season. The Rams are they're all in. They're just as all in as my Bucks are. Um, they've obviously got Woods and, and Cooper Cup. They form a brilliant one and two. Uh, I think that's going to continue next year. And Van Jefferson will will return to being hard to trust again week to week anyway. But he is extremely safe. And as you mentioned, their their laughable lack of draft picks. I, <laughs> I, I do see a world where he can become the number two receiver option long term. Um, hopefully this recent run in the team is earning him more opportunities going forward. And then just in terms of what I'd pay, I'd pay a mid to late second is what I'd be happy paying in, in Dynasty right now. Um, I already own him in quite a few spots, but if I if I didn't, I'd still stay, take the punt on him and, and send a mid to late second for Van Jefferson. I think he's, as you mentioned, he's not elite, but he's steady in a really good offense so just uh, a question back to you Kev are you a fan of Van Jefferson's and are you interested in going after him right now in Dynasty to be honest I think I like him more in real life than fantasy because <laughs> uh, he has them flash plays in real life he's had a few long touchdowns um, yeah I think he's really made made the most of, of his opportunities really the fact that um, he's standing out with Bobby Wood's not there. He's standing out over OBJ. Um, it, it, to be honest, it's all price dependent. I think any late second, I, I'm pretty happy to just gamble and yeah, and take take a chance on, on a veteran. I'd rather go for have a veteran than make that that draft pick. To be honest, um, going after him, wide receivers a spot where I tend not to. Be sort of paying, trying to trade for wide receivers, um, unless I'm flipping sort of wide receiver for wide receivers, part of a bigger mm. deal. But yeah, I think any late second for the right player in the right spot, depending on your team, I'm happy to move that for a veteran and uh, see how it goes. And one thing I forgot to mention before we uh, we look to wrap up the show is uh, you mentioned Van Jefferson's on your Scott Fishbowl team. Would you like to share how you're getting on with that, Ali? Yeah, well, I didn't want to bring it up or nothing, but it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I think it was it was the end of the regular season, week thirteen. I think the playoffs begin next week. But I had a I had a really good week. I was fourth fourth overall highest scorer this week, and I was up to finish wow. up to second overall in in the points tally. So so yeah, just really happy with how it went. It was. It was difficult trying to replace Derek Henry. He's still on my team, just as a thank you for, for <laughs> what he's done. <laughs> I just can't face dropping him. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really difficult. But but yeah, everything went really well this year. I had Cooper Cup, just Justin Jefferson, T Higgins. They all went off this week for me. I had Alexander Madison, so I was, I'm glad that that Cooks out in terms of that team. Uh, but yeah, it's been going really well. So I've got a buy this week. Uh, which will be nice and then look to go next week and I think it's just the highest scoring teams go through so it's going to be tough because there's some really good teams in there but but yeah just just really enjoyed it and uh yeah it's been really good thanks smashed it Al you've represented the France wild card really well and um yeah you've had a cracking season Derek Henry is still the running back eight on the year and he's not played for <laughs> the last month or so so uh, crazy it's a nice touch from you to leave him on the roster and uh, not hurt his feelings too much. <laughs> so yeah, that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action whilst analysing it from a dynasty perspective. So I'll throw it back to you now, Ali. Any final thoughts on today's show? Yeah, just uh, again, it's been an amazing week fantasy-wise. Probably the, one of the best of the year, if not the best. One in nearly all my leagues where I'm competing for playoff spots. And then lost in the leagues that I'm not. I have to pretend I'm not happy with those. But really, I am happy to to lose another game in that spot. It's just a great feeling in fantasy where the players that you have a lot of stock on, uh, stock in, sorry, they pop off and they all hit together. So, as I mentioned, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, uh, they all popped off this week. And a nice welcome back to Antonio Gibson, uh, back to being an RB1. I think he's RB11 on the season, which, again, that oh, just... Right. It's astounding from where he it's was a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been he's been dominating the last few weeks, um, and we've got one more week now before many of the playoffs begin. Uh, heaven forbid, no league playoffs start in week fourteen when Jonathan Taylor's on a bye. <laughs> um, and and if you just another thing, if you are missing the playoffs and your dynasty team, sorry, your dynasty league has no trade deadline, then just just open the shop up. You know, playoff teams they get desperate this time of year. They get aggressive. If they suffer injuries, then or if they just need one more piece to compete, um, it's, it really is a very last chance to acquire picks at this rookie picks at this cost before they become much more pricey and valuable. Um, we're now starting to see the top prospects declare for the 2022 draft, which is quite exciting. So, just yeah, just if there's any players on your team that aren't doing you any favors and you're you know looking for an early early few picks next year, then then just uh, just sell because there is going to be some desperate players out there. Yes, that's cracking advice, Ali. Just echoing what you said about being active with the trades. People get desperate and people make moves. People should be trying to make moves. Um, I read a lot about that if you're in the playoffs, not to go all in and, and spend assets because the playoffs are lucky. But, I mean... Mm. Personally, I'd rather be aggressive than sort of try and sneak in and get lucky myself. I'd yeah. be looking to make moves personally. That's just my view. Um, some absolutely beastly performances week 13. It's that time of year where these games 
where they clinch your playoff spot or advance you in your playoffs, win your ships. You'll remember these performances for years. Think Alvin Kamara last Christmas. Um, sorry for bringing up another Saints player there, Ali. Um, <laughs> young RBs that hit early all look like studs early. They become so valuable, so expensive to acquire. The cheapest you'll ever get these is the rookie draft. So that kind of tied in what we said about even further prioritising running backs in your rookie drafts. Um, elite tight ends. I think they're a must to give you a best chance winning your league. If you don't have a top six tight end and you're a big contender, you need to go out and get one now or two weeks ago, unfortunately, if your trade lab deadline's gone. <laughs> and then last thing for me, you see my name on the screen, it's Minshew Mania tonight. So, um, yeah, hopefully there's a QE controversy uh, in Philly because he did a fantastic job, albeit against the Jets, but I think the offense as a whole, it, it felt better to to watch and mm-hmm. see with with a guy like the skill set of Minshew than Jalen Hurts. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I quite like the video after the game as well, where he was uh, showing with a lot of dad. love, a lot of love with his dad, a lot of hugging, and um, yeah, it, it was borderline uh, a bit a bit creepy, but um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It was it's great to see that passion, that um, that charisma. Yeah. So. So, yeah, just, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Join us on our next show, which will drop next Tuesday, the 14th of December, where we'll be recapping all the key talking points from week 14, which will be the, it should be the final uh, final season, of uh, final game of your regular season in Dynasty. And thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.